You're listening to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 31. Each Wednesday, we'll embark on a journey together to discover the best tips for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. This week, we're talking about one of my absolute favorite techniques, mind mapping. We're going to go into all of my favorite little tips and tricks about that process. And then we're going to talk about a technique that I use to take them even further called brain dumps. Let's get started. Okay, Make Work Easier This Week is an overview of how to use mind maps and then Make Life Easier This Week is that brain dump section. So let's start talking, Make Work Easier, about what a mind map even is. So according to the website mindmapping.com, a mind map is just an easy way of brainstorming your thoughts organically without worrying about order and structure. This is, I think, the most important thing here. Whenever we take linear notes or try to make a linear to-do list like you're taking notes vertically, like you imagine any set of class notes or a task list or whatever, you are inherently structuring those notes a certain way. They're supposed to follow one to the next. And especially when taking things like class notes, I find that that structure that's kind of inherent to that type of notes actually increases the friction of getting the notes onto the page, meaning it becomes harder to get those notes out. So I find that mind maps are so effective because they're freeing. They allow you to kind of get rid of that structure and allow you to be more free than traditional notes. You don't have to think in that, you don't have to force your brain to think in that linear way. You can just use the mind map to eliminate that and to think in that kind of web of ideas, the way your brain naturally works. And like I said, they these reduce that friction of getting the thoughts from your brain onto the page. And that, I think, is the most important piece is that they allow you to more easily, more naturally capture the things that are going through your head. So when would you even want to use a mind map? I find that there are a ton of applications. Some are actually pretty surprising. So things that I use them for, they are incredible for making outlines. They're actually really great for taking notes like in class or in meetings, and they're excellent for to-do lists. They're also great for brainstorming projects and things like that. So there's a lot of applications that you can use them for, and we're going to cover those applications in a little bit more depth in a minute. So one other thing I want to add before we start talking about how to actually mind map the best practices A lot of people, I think, they think that you have to have some kind of software, some kind of digital tool to do this. I actually recommend the complete opposite. I am a big tech person. I love technology. I love new gadgets and things like that, things to make life easier, Uh, you know, hence the name of the podcast. But you do not need software to do this. I actually specifically say don't use software unless you've been using it for forever and you're over the learning curve of any new tool software gets in the way. It adds back friction when the point is to reduce it by using a mind map. And I think that the benefits of being able to search and things like that, that are, if you're taking notes, like I use OneNote to take notes all the time because I can search in things. But when I'm trying to get ideas from my head and onto a piece of paper, 
I find that that friction that adds back is actually really counter to the purpose. So I would say, unless you're already familiar with a mind mapping tool, use pen and paper. And I I even say don't use pencil because erasing gives you the flexibility back to change your notes, but that again adds back that friction. You should be writing the way your mind thinks. You should do it first and then organize later. And putting an eraser or the capability of an eraser in your hand allows you to do editing when you should be creating or you know taking notes. So definitely use pen and paper and, and I would skip software altogether. And an added benefit, it's a lot cheaper to use pen and paper than having to sign up for a subscription. I've tried a couple and I don't even remember their names at this point because I stopped and I found that every tool, at least previously a year or so ago when I tried them, they wanted money to give you the functionality. So I, uh, I say skip it. Okay, so let's start down the best practices road. So how does a mind map actually work? The first thing is you just have to pick a central topic, whatever that is, whatever you want to brainstorm, whether it's your meeting notes for the day. So I would have one-on-one meetings with my supervisor and to prep for those meetings, I'd put one-on-one and then I'd you know draw the circle around it and that was my central topic. You can do what's called a brain dump and we're going to get into that a little bit later. You can put the title of your project. So I just planned out a virus removal kit for my technology business business and I used a mind map to do that. Whatever the topic is, you get a blank sheet of paper. In the center of the page, you write that topic and you draw a circle around it. And I a tip here is to try and draw the tightest circle you can so that you have more room to write. It's not a big deal, but I find that when I draw the smallest circle possible that gets around all the words, it gives me more more space. Something I use is like a half sheet size notebook, and that doesn't give me a whole lot of space if I'm planning out something larger. It works 99% of the time. I find that this size notebook is is just fine, but if you're taking something like class notes, you might want something larger because you have more more notes to take. But for almost all applications, this size notebook, a half sheet size notebook works just fine. But any way you do it, you put your central topic in the center of the page and you put a circle around it. And that's the simplest start. From there, number two is you just start connecting ideas. You branch out from that central topic. So if my central topic is For instance, I talked about this virus removal kit, and I also am offering a virus removal service for my technology business called Lightning, and I put together a landing page, you know, just a a website that had all the details of that service. And so what I did was I, my central topic for that was virus removal landing page. And then I put a circle around it and then I branched off all the topics that I could think of. And something really important here, this is kind of number two, number three for the best practices, but letting the ideas flow, you just let them go, put them where they want to go and you can always reorganize later. So some of the topics, the main areas of the landing page that I created were the description, the frequently asked questions, the pricing, the about me, the guarantee section. Those are some of the sections. And then from there, you can branch off into each of those areas. So I had, for instance, description. And the three things that I wanted to talk about about this particular service was that it was in-home and it's obviously about virus removal And that I can remove viruses from any type of computer. It's not just Windows or not just Mac. So, you know, you can use this to branch off ideas. And then something else that you can do, and I don't think I really did that. Oh, I did in this one is under my header section that I have. It's the top section of the site. There is a primary call to action. It's the main button on the site. 
And that's connected to another area, which is for booking, that the primary call to action is to book an appointment and that there is a section on my site for booking specifically. And I dotted line connected them. So between those two areas, they're from two different branches, but I connected them with a dotted line. This isn't the most important thing to do. You really don't have to, but every so often I like to connect things that are related just so that way, if I go back later and I'm looking, I can follow the thought pattern. So this gives me that flexibility. And I do that dotted line just between separate branches if there are connections. And sometimes it's all the way around the page. I've got this really long, funky dotted line, but it really gives me the flexibility to follow the trains of thought the way they occurred in my brain. So that is the the basic process. That's really all it is. Start with the central topic, branch off from there, and you can sub-branch as much as you want and let the ideas flow. Go with it. Now, Something that I found, and this is a technique that I developed because this is something that would always add that friction back, is sometimes, a lot of times, you'll come up with an idea. Something will pop in your head that either has absolutely nothing to do with what you're mind mapping, like you'll be doing something and then a task that you have to do will pop in your head that has you know something for home. I'm planning my landing page and I remember, oh, I've got to you know make my grocery shopping list. Also, what can happen is you can be working on your mind map and you come up with an idea that doesn't fit anywhere in your map as it currently is. So when that happens, what I've developed, and I I don't love the name, but this is what it is, and so this is what I named it. I created a section, or I create a section on the page whenever these come up called Random Thoughts, and I put them off to the side, and the way I do it is it's just an RT with an underline, and then I can bullet out underneath that. Anytime I have a thought, like that, that doesn't seem to fit anytime there's even a little bit of resistance as I'm mind mapping and it it kind of interrupts my flow, it goes there. And not every mind map has a random thought section, but sometimes they do. And this gives me the flexibility to keep going. That I think is one of the most freeing things about this technique. And when you when you do it, it allows your brain to, to just keep flowing and go with the web. Sometimes those thoughts occur, and this is a way to capture them so that you get them out of your brain and onto the page. So that is, I think, one of the, the best things that I actually came up with. Maybe somebody else came up with this too. I'm sure that this is not the first time it's been done, but that's what I call it. So anytime I have one of those random thoughts, I put an RT with an underline and then just bullet out those random thoughts. And I'll have pictures of all this stuff from my actual notes in the show notes, which of course I will give you the link to that at the end of the episode. The number five, the fifth best practice here is to organize your notes after you do your mind mapping. So once you get to a point where your brain kind of feels empty, which is a very good place, and we're going to talk more about that with the brain dump section, but once you get to a place where your mind feels calm and there's not you know thoughts just flowing, flowing, flowing out, you've gotten through most of it. You always have the flexibility to go back and add and change and things like that. Is If you start organizing and you realize that there's more, okay, great, so you draw more branches. But The key is not to organize during. You shouldn't be editing while you're creating, right? So I think of the notes process as the creative process. Even if you're making a list of tasks, for instance, it's still a creative process. You're still coming up with ideas. You shouldn't be in edit mode because edit is friction and you want to reduce that friction. So you can go back and organize and you could redraw your mind map. You can flag your tasks, things like that after you've mind mapped. And speaking of flagging your task, back in episode 29, I talked about a technique for flagging action items where I will draw like a big circle or a a checkbox next to any task that come up in my notes. 
you can do the exact same thing here. And I do this all the time where I will go through my, my mind map after I've kind of put everything out and I'll put one of those circles next to each item. So that way it flags those tasks and they stand out a lot more simply uh, just by glancing at the page. So that's something, if you go back to episode 29, which is at easiercast.com slash 29, you can listen to my description of that. And you know those techniques work very well together. So just to recap the best practices before we move into some examples, number one is to start with that central topic in the center of a a blank sheet of paper and draw a circle around it. Number two is start branching and connecting ideas. And you can use, if you've got branches that somehow have a related thing, you can use a dotted line to connect those. Number three is just let the ideas go, get them out reduce friction as much as possible. Number four is that random thoughts idea for whenever you've got a thought that comes into your brain that does not fit on your mind map, create that RT section off to the side and start leaving space for those there. And number five is to organize after. Don't organize during. Create, then edit, not create and edit. Okay, so let's talk about a few examples of places where I use mind maps. The first is that brain dump idea I keep talking about, and we're about to get to it because I wanted to give it its own section because it's, it's so I use it so frequently. So that's the first one, which we'll get to. The second one is a to-do list, and this is related. I just wanted to list it here as part of the examples, but this is related to the brain dump because this is typically where I use the brain dump technique the most is for getting action items out of my head. So we'll talk about both of those. The next is, I think, a little bit more of an unusual application, but this is a a technique that I just started doing is for meeting or class notes. This one is, I think, really powerful because it allows you to break that structure. I know that when I took notes in class, I just did a class, uh, an online course on Google Ads and an online course on landing page design, and I was taking notes during those courses, and even when I was back in school, I would take notes, and I find that sometimes I'm trying to focus on making sure the structure is just right rather than paying attention. And when I'm taking an online course, of course, I can start and stop the videos at my leisure. But when you're in class in person or in a meeting, sometimes you you want to reduce that friction. You just need to get it on the page. You can always go back and reorganize. And this is a great tip here is that if you mind map the notes and they're all kind of messy from the meeting, then after it gives you a big incentive to go back and type out an outline of those notes. And that does a number of things. It helps reinforce what you covered. It makes sure you don't miss anything. And it'll give you that digital record if you want it. You know, like I would use OneNote, put all the notes there, and then that way it's searchable. But this way in the meeting, it's the most free, it's the most frictionless technique that you can use. I would absolutely recommend taking meeting or class notes with mind maps. And also the random thoughts thing is super important here because when you're in meetings, sometimes digressions happen that have nothing to do with your notes. Sometimes the professor in class or the teacher will say, and this is something else I want to make sure you know this will be on your test and there's nowhere to put it in your notes. You feel like, I don't know where to write this down. Uh, The random notes section is absolutely perfect for that. And what I can say here is that random note or that random thoughts idea works for regular linear notes too. You can always make use of that section just to give yourself that little bit of flexibility. Another application for my maps is outlines. And actually, I think that if you're going to be outlining something, you're actually really doing a, a generative or a creative process, no matter what it is, whether you're writing an essay or whether you're planning for a meeting or you're prepping a podcast episode or you're planning a story or whatever it is, anything that you're planning 
or prepping for and you're creating an outline, I think that you should absolutely ditch, completely ditch the traditional linear outline format and use a mind map because when you're outlining, you're creating, right? And you want to remove that friction. You're trying to get all of your ideas out and a lot of times your ideas come up faster than you can write and when you're trying to organize them in an outline, it doesn't really work so well. Plus, you have related things and so when I'm doing a traditional linear notes, I'll use bullets and then sub-bullets underneath but you know, sometimes you get to something and you're like, oh, I forgot to add that to that sub-bullet but you've already written past it and if you're doing handwritten notes, you really can't add it. With a mind map, you can always go back and add a, a separate branch. So if your main header is like the title on your linear notes and then your bullets are the initial branches off of those, the sub-bullets would be the branches off of your the sub-branches off of your main branches. And it gives you the flexibility to always add more when you think of it later. And inevitably that will happen. So 100%, if you use mind maps in no other application, use them for outlines and not actually for to-do lists, which we're going to cover in a second. Though That application is phenomenal. And then another one that I've used it for, which may seem a little unusual, but is goal setting. I did a goal setting exercise kind of at the beginning of the year to plan out this half of the year. And my goals, I was able to get a little bit more into it because it allowed me to be a little more free and to refine my ideas more. I would just write out everything. Again, not editing as I was writing. Put everything on the page and organize after. So that's another pretty great application for mind mapping that you might not have thought of. Are your days super busy? Even though you're stressed and tired, do you feel like somehow you just don't get enough done each day? Well, you're definitely not alone. That's why I put together an awesome one-page guide on my top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. These are all of the best productivity tips I've found from books, online research, and experience. It's completely free. All you have to do is head over to easiercast.com slash get more done to grab your copy now. Again, that's my free one-page guide called the top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. You can find it at easiercast.com slash get more done. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so into make life easier, this is an extension of this idea, this brain dump thing that I keep talking about. And what I will say first is that this kind of, the the main idea for this idea, the main idea for brain dumping came from David Allen's getting things done. He does not talk about mind mapping at all. It has nothing to do with that. But there are some key points that he makes in his book, which actually really resonate and inform this process. So I'm not going to cover getting things done really in depth, but I'm just going to talk about a a few key ideas from his work. And I highly encourage you to grab that book. There's a link in the show notes to grabbing David Allen's book. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I definitely tweaked it some, and I think I will do a future podcast episode on David Allen's getting things done, that method in and of itself, and my tweaks. But let's just talk about the things that are relevant here for mind mapping. So the first And the most important idea I think I took away from his book, and this may not have been the most important thing that he intended, but the most important idea, the most, is that your brain is designed to generate or create ideas, not to store them. And that, I think, that idea in and of itself changed how I take notes and how I think about tasks. That's incredibly important. 
you ever get that sense of overwhelm that you've got a thousand things to do, like you're, you were in a meeting and now you've got all these action items or you were, you know, you're at home and you're like, oh my God, I've got 14 things to do or you've just gotten a zillion homework assignments, anything like that. And you get that sense of overwhelm, like there's just so much to do, I can't possibly focus. Sometimes even to the point where you shut down. I've done this before where it's like, I've got so much to do, I can't even focus on anything. I I just, I need to just zone out and you'll sit and watch TV or scroll Facebook for an hour instead of actually working. Yeah, that happens because your brain is designed to come up with ideas to create them, but not to store them. That overwhelm comes from you trying to keep all these tasks in mind, knowing that you have things to do and also knowing, oh my God, I'm forgetting things. Now I can't even remember. So that's an incredibly important idea to keep in mind. Some other principles from his work that you should keep all of those ideas in a single organized place that you check regularly. If you know, and I've had this before, like I've tried a bunch of different task tracking methods and I would know at the outset, oh, I'm never really going to check this. That's not going to work. You you don't trust your method, and so your brain doesn't let it go. When you get to a system that you trust the method, wherever you're storing your tasks outside of your brain, right? The first is that your brain is not good for storing, so you've got to store the ideas outside of your head. You have to trust that you're going to check it regularly, and if you don't, then that doesn't work. So you have to find whatever that is. For me, I use Todoist and I can link to Todoist in the show notes because it's a phenomenal tool. This is one I actually use digitally. I found that I tried keeping paper notes in this case, but that the app worked better for me. So that's the the app that I use. And then from there, ideally, you should organize your tasks into a list of projects. So main project headers with first actions and sometimes some other extra actions underneath. And like I said in a previous episode where I talked about the book Work Clean by Dan Charnas, these, this is where David Allen and Dan Charnas overlap, getting things done and work clean. This whole idea of next actions. He calls them front burners. Dan Charnas does. David Allen calls them next actions. So you should have project lists with next actions associated with them. That is really all I'm going to cover about David Allen because the most important thing here is the idea of getting the ideas out of your head and that sense of overwhelm. So if you are interested in David Allen's work on getting things done, I will definitely link to that in the show notes. Again, link at the end of the episode. And I may do an episode on getting, I probably will do an episode on getting things done in the future. So what does this all have to do with mind maps? Well, again, going back to that sense of overwhelm, when you've got a bazillion things that you've got to do, you feel so overwhelmed, that sucks. And this is the way of dealing with it. Again, remembering that your brain is designed to generate and not to store ideas, when you capture everything in your head, that feeling goes away. It works every single time. I promise you, this works 100% of the time. Once you get everything out and you trust that when you've gotten everything out, you're actually going to check the system that you've developed, the feeling goes away. And it's incredibly freeing. This is so important. So whenever I have that feeling, and sometimes it's just sitting at home and I'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I got to do A, B, C, D, E, all these things. And I feel that feeling to a minor extent, or I'm in a meeting at work and I get a bazillion, you know, I keep using bazillion, but uh, it's a fun word. Um, I get a, a, a ton of tasks in a meeting or whatever it is, whenever that feeling sets in, you know, or my, I'm in the middle of something and someone comes in and goes, hey, can you do ABC for me? That feeling sets in, even when it's minor, I stop and I do a brain dump. So what is that? It's just like it sounds. You dump 
every idea out of your brain onto a piece of paper. And I actually use that as the central topic for my mind map. So I use a mind map here because the idea is to reduce that friction. And this gives me an opportunity to just get everything out, clear my mind so I can go back to focusing. Because once I'm done and you organize after, right? You can then go back and prioritize the things because you can only do one thing at a time and feeling that overwhelm about, oh, I've got 40 things to do and I got to remember them all, this eliminates that. So the best practices for brain dumps are basically the mind mapping techniques and there's a couple of extra things here. The first thing is, as I said, the central topic should be brain dump because that's what you're talking about. You don't, you know, I put that there because it's freeing. It just gives me the freedom to put whatever on the page that comes into my head. And then you just let the ideas flow until the feeling is gone. And I promise you, you will write, it might take five minutes, it might take 10, it might take two. However long it takes you to write out these ideas, once you get everything out of your head, the feeling goes away. I'm not kidding. No matter how much you have to do, even if you're pressed for time, that you might feel a sense of urgency to get things done quickly, but the feeling of overwhelm and that fear of forgetting what you have to do will go away when you've captured everything. I promise you it works. Another critical thing here, and this is stressed even more than in just typical mind mapping, do not organize while you're brain dumping. The second you start trying to edit and move and you're thinking about, oh, I don't know where to put you're, you're defeating the purpose. You, you have to just write until everything is out, dump everything out of your head, and then you can go back and organize. And I absolutely recommend doing that, that you should go back, especially if you're making a task list, you go back and you put those flags on all of your tasks. And then after that, you need to move them into your task system. So I, that's my process. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I do a brain dump my map and I write everything out. And then I go back and I flag all the tasks. And then if I need to, like if they're not things I'm doing that, you know, right then, I will move them into my task software that I know I'm going to check on a regular basis. So, and again, you can go back to episode 29 for that task flagging method. And the last thing I can say here is definitely make use of random thoughts here. This is, again, reducing that friction. When you're thinking of things, a lot of times those thoughts will spark thoughts for other stuff. You know, you'll be doing a brain dump on all the tasks and you'll remember, oh, I've got, you know, to do ABC at home. Those don't belong on that mind map necessarily. You can always use random thoughts to put those there. And even a little more advanced with that random thoughts idea, something you can do is you can do a teeny little mind map in the corner. So you can, you know, put those random thoughts instead of putting them in a list, you can do another little mind map. That's something sometimes I do. Most times I I don't take that much thought, again, reducing the friction. So You can use this, again, whenever you're making a list of things that you've got to do, you've got to get all your ideas. This is another great place to use this is if you've got a project you want to do, you can use a brain dump to just focus on that project. Now, if it's a specific project, like my landing page example from before, I'll put that in the center as opposed to just a brain dump, but you, you use the same principles. Go. Let the ideas flow, reduce that friction. And then I use this when I'm prepping for my day or prepping meetings, anything like that. This is a great time to use the brain dump. So overall, I hope that this conversation will help you to use your your notes in a way that works better with your brain. Your brain works in that web. It, it's not a linear process. You, you start on A and you're over on 23. It makes no sense. That's just how your brain does it. And this method much more 
effortlessly allows you to capture that. So I really hope that this conversation, both about how to mind map and then how to brain dump, helps you. And I would really love to hear if you do any version of this or if you found a better way, anything like that. Please, I would love you to email me and let me know or connect with me on Instagram. My email is podcast at easiercast.com or you can find me on Instagram at a Michael Wagner. Again, at a Michael Wagner and Uh, just let me know. I would love to hear about any techniques that you use for kind of tracking notes and if you use my maps and if they work. If anyone's found any software they find is super easy, reduces that friction, I'd love to know about that. Anything like that, please let me know. I would be happy to do an update in the future. And that's it for episode number 31 of Easier. Remember to stop taking linear notes and start using mind maps. Anything from outlines to project planning to to-do lists, mind maps work wonders. Also, use that brain dump technique. Anytime you're feeling that overwhelm, go for the brain dump. Get everything out of your head and onto a piece of paper, and I promise you that feeling will go away. Do you have any tips, tricks, or hacks for making life or work easier? If so, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at podcast at easiercast.com or leave a comment in the show notes. And the show notes for this week can be found at easiercast.com slash 31. Again, easiercast.com slash 31. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I covered in this episode, and that would be anyone from college students to professors to people at work, to people making lists of things to do at home, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully every share means that someone somewhere will find more time for what matters most to them. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.